Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and Steve Ditko created Spider-Man, X-Men, the Fantastic Four, and the Avengers, timeless characters whose stories were retold in the modern day with the creation of the Ultimate Marvel Universe. Join us as we journey through My Ultimate Year. Hello, and welcome to my ultimate sorry, year. Sorry, I have something. I have feedback to tell you, and I keep meaning to do this. I'm sorry to interrupt your flow. Uh-huh. You have to stop starting so loud. I, I keep forgetting this. I, this is the one volume thing I need to tweak, is that you keep going, the year is 1985. Yeah. Like, hello, and welcome to... <laughs> you yeah. keep doing that, and it just blasts, and like, it's the only part of the entire uh, audio that I need to like... I lower your volume in that one little clip because you always start out so strong well, you want to start it. you want to start the show strong well, then, then back here hello and welcome to my ultimate year i think you come out deafening you come uh. out loud <laughs> and hostile and then you, you go startle people into paying attention All yeah right. yeah you All shock right. them into submission and then they're yours for an hour or whatever uh okay hello and welcome to my ultimate year okay all right let's try this again then yep <clears throat> Hello. Nope, didn't like that. No, no, no. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to my <laughs> Ultimate Year episode 12. I'm Dave, your host, founder and editor-in-chief of comicbookherald.com, and I'm joined today by the only person I would let tell me that I start episodes too loud, and therefore, I'm introducing this in my NPR, Hushed Voice. It's Zach Dean. How are you today, Zach? I'm, I'm excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. And thank you, listeners, for listening to the MMY listener-supported radio, the only comic book podcast where we're going through all of the Marvel Ultimate Universe, one issue at a time, every issue. And and much like public radio, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. are publicly supported via our listeners and our readers. Yep. Uh, so don't worry, that gag is done. You can support My Ultimate Year, where we enthusiastically talk through the entire ultimate universe uh over on patreon.com slash my marvelous year my ultimate year of course is a spinoff of the my marvelous year show and today again we'll be in episode 12 you can find all the comics we'll be talking about in the my ultimate year journey in the show notes you can also find the full list of everything we're reading as we go through this entire universe on uh patreon.com slash my marvelous year for as little as one dollar a month you can get access to the spreadsheet but again you don't have to pay to play we will also submit the list via the show notes okay but check this out a year subscription is a little cheaper you get a discount on your subscription ten dollars and eighty cents for a year's worth of holding on to that spreadsheet look at that What what a great deal you give us 10 bucks you get a whole year of that and then you get all any kind of emails i sent out or anything else i don't know what else you get for a dollar not much (laughs) (laughs) i started out strong then immediately undercut the sale i can't remember i feel like there's something i uh, polls but we haven't been doing those that much lately anyway it's 10 bucks it's uh listen it's a bit of a ripoff but it helps us out (laughs) good deal (laughs) no seriously it helps us out tremendously thanks to everybody who has 
uh, supported the site either via Patreon, either via ratings and reviews on iTunes, which if you haven't yet, please consider doing so. For the My Ultimate Year podcast specifically, we do need some of yep. those to uh, to begin catching up to my marvelous year. Um, and of mm. course, just listening and sharing with friends also goes a very long way. Uh, it, it, I'll tell you what, you know what you can do that's even easier than all that? Just just tweet at my marvelous year or me at Combo Carol. Just tell us, uh, hey, listen to the show. It was uh, yeah, it was fine or great. or it wasn't. You know, you can tell us. But just just acknowledgement that hey, we're checking this thing out. That's awesome. You know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah today we're going to talk right. about yeah, ultimate. Gonna... What? Oh, sorry, I, I was going to say enough preamble because I, I have a couple opening thoughts here, Dave. But yeah, we got a gazillion comics to talk about today. This is literally the most comics. I think we're going to talk about in the my ultimate year journey in a single episode for, for, last, for at least a good long while. The last um, two episodes in like 2022 are packed. But besides that, yes. This is in 2022. Best. Okay, sure. So yeah. this is episode 12. So this is our 12th month of releasing uh, ultimate year episodes live, which, you know, so one year into the my ultimate year journey. How are we feeling? Mm. How are we feeling about where we're at in the ultimate universe? I want to start there. So, yeah, this is a weird batch of comics. I think... Uh, it's a bit of a stinky pile of comics with some oh really <laughs> with some, some bright spots i think um overall stinky thinking, though you'd say yeah i'd say overall a little stinky i'd say but overall like, i was pleasantly surprised actually oh good okay yeah. well th this so i was thinking though about this because you know like it, it, the thing is we're reading every issue here right so like if we just took any one random year of marvel right and we're like hey we're gonna read every issue every series in this year of Marvel, of 2004, of, okay. like, mainline Marvel. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah. of course we're going to have ups and downs. You'd go right? you'd like, go blind, right? And you'd have ups right, and downs. Right, well, yeah. oh my god, I can't even, what did they do, like, 10,000 issues a year, something like that? It Right, it was starting in the 2000s, they do approximately 10,000 issues a year. I mean, it's <laughs> several, actually, it's actually several. like, 12, it's 1,200. Yeah, that's probably not right? too bad of a guess. Um, I think it's about, it's between, like, 1,000 and 1,200, depending on the year. It's a lot of comics. Uh, is yeah. the point yeah and, and i think my or i think the ultimate universe is like 350 total across you know that's why we say it's a perfect place to read through the entire uh the yeah. entire marvel universe right so yeah i think you know of course there's going to be ups and downs the other thing i was thinking is say you come to my ultimate year or marvel comics you know the ultimate line of marvel comics as kind of a new comic reader and you're reading through these and you're just like oh okay these are all new names to me war and alice huh yeah Kind of a kind of a bet, and someone tells you, yeah, he's probably one of the like the top ten current creators of comic books. I right. think you would just and and same with especially with Brian K. Vaughn. Especially like, how especially. how amazed would you be if someone told you like, yeah, the authors of these two books, they're uh, they're some of the most like acclaimed comic book writers of <laughs> modern day. No, you're totally um, right. You're totally right yeah, because they the comics can't again like they can range from you know quite good to just very fine superhero comics but yeah i don't know that many readers would come away without a lot of knowledge of the comic industry and be like wow these are like the biggest names some of the biggest names in comics doing these works like and that's one thing that really stands out with episode 12 is we've got issues here written by warren ellis mark miller brian k vaughn and a, a two-issue fill-in by mike carey who's done mm -hmm. some amazing work in the x-men world but also like with lucifer is extremely mm -hmm. highly regarded yeah. Uh, post Sandman Vertigo series, so yeah, I mean, like these are these are really good creators uh, whose best work is definitely outside uh, this batch of comics. <laughs> I'll Although, tell you that. I would say Mark Miller. This is this might be the, my favorite thing he's written. Well, the or, thing I about mean, the, the thing ultimate. about Mark Miller in the Ultimate yeah. Universe is it's kind of his sweet spot. 
Like yeah. he fits yeah. like and and you know in a lot of ways this is kind of his universe. You know, it's it's his as Bendis from the get go, right? Mm-hmm, and he sure. jumps yeah. back in here in a big way with uh, with Ultimates two and then Ultimate Fantastic four. We're going to talk about today. And those issues work better than than a lot of the other stuff we read. Um, yeah. He's got a good feel for what this post 9-11 reconfigured Marvel Universe, uh, what he wants it to be. Now, whether you you love the shape that is taking or not, like, dude's got a feel for it. You know, there's really no argument against he's that. Got his, he's got his vision, and it's audacious. We all and got our is, vision in Ultimate Vision is, number zero. Oh, a little too much vision, if you ask me. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, I, I think like yeah, it's very audacious, and I think he is just like he clearly has ideas, right? And I've said this before. Sometimes those ideas drive me nuts because he doesn't have the follow through, right? He kind of just seems like he's flipping around from mm-hmm. big idea and he's not landing on any. And sometimes he does, and sometimes they spawn whole, <laughs> you know, like spinoff series as we're gonna see here. There are ideas in this that I quite like, and I yeah, I too. have to say too. So I read I read these out of order that we have them in the list. Um, but I, I did like BKV and then the ultimate secret event. And then I did all the Miller stuff in a row and the Miller stuff really stood out to me in a positive way because it, it, because of exactly what you're saying. I was like, Oh yeah, there's big ideas here and he's playing with stuff and it's kind of weird and wild and fun a lot of times. Um, and fun can be a reductive criticism. I, I think, you know, it gets overused nowadays to be like, well, this was fun. Therefore it's okay. And it's good. Uh, but Miller just has big energy coming yeah. out of these especially in fantastic four fantastic four yeah. he's just like well, hey what if we did this crazy thing and we'll talk about it because that's the yeah. the last comic and then he gets and then he gets to name more <laughs> right yeah so. yeah no no and then there are misses too like that's yeah i i think obviously we've talked about miller plenty because you know we're talking about the ultimate universe and he's a huge component um yeah i i would i don't think either of us are like huge huge fans i mean if you look at like my best comics of all time list on comic book herald i mean I couldn't tell you the highest ranked Mark Miller comic, but it's not super high. You know what I mean? Like it's not probably it's like Superman Red Sun would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you look at it and then I literally have had wanted work he did as my least favorite comic of all time, which is yes. no longer true. Thanks, Marvel. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like there's work of his I really despise. There's work of his that is very middle of the road. And then his Ultimate Universe stuff, his Marvel stuff, I, I tend to find pretty engaging. So that that was the yeah, case I, here, I, but there are misses. I have not read Wanted, but most of the stuff I've read, at worst, I tend to think, oh, that was pretty good. Overrated. But pretty good. You know? Like, Logan. Old Man Logan. Yeah, that was a fun read. Uh, the, the you know, amazing, like, the adoration that has is maybe a little overblown. But, like, yeah, I think that's a good read. I think he knows how to write, like, a compelling comic. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm always... He can write I, big I guess, ideas, and he can write page turners. And, and I like, think he can yes, do that better than most. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, it shows just in how much his stuff gets adapted into movies. You know, he writes these big, epic, cinematic ideas. And like, even in this, we're going to see stuff that it's like, oh, yeah, they, I know that scene from the MCU, mm, right? Like yeah. Captain America jumping out of the plane without his parachute. Like, there we go. That scene like looks straight out of Avengers 1. I'm going to give I'm going to give a little more credit to Brian Hitch on that one on the R front. Sure. For the yeah, idea. Right, but yeah, I yeah. but I hear totally what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's start from the all top. Right. Let's start. Oh, and what I did want to say too, though, is like, all right, we're this is our twelfth app. It's one year of my ultimate year coming mm-hmm. out and talking about this universe. Um, I I think the last it, I was like I started hot in the middle. I was really sagging of this in terms of enjoyment as a reread. I was just like, this is it's all just very flat and and too average too often. Um, mm-hmm. I I actually really like where we are now. 
Uh, the last two episodes in particular, I think I've been hotter. I think it's like some creative rotations. Uh, you, would you say I've been hotter we were... too? No, I thought. Ele... <laughs> I thought. I mean, I trimmed 11... my beard just for you. Yeah, no, I noticed. I noticed. I also 11, we're using we were a, a video 30. conference, and I have named Damn. myself Big Daddy in the video conference just for he Zach. Did. There's no one else who no, gets to see. No that. one gets to see this joke except for quote unquote joke <laughs> except for except for me. Quote unquote really joke. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you were pretty like meh on episode eleven, but maybe that was just me, and I'm misremembering. I was pretty uh, meh right, on so, Ultimate Nightmare. Maybe you're, maybe you're totally right, yes. but either way, my my recollection is, um, is that like I'm I'm feeling the Ultimate fun. Universe a little yeah. bit more. I like these creative changes. I like the uh kind of the fluctuation now of creators trying to figure out like what do we do with this world? What mm-hmm. do we do? Because we've been stuck effectively in New York. And really, the story so far has been about um, there's the Spider-Man, high school Spider-Man in New York story, and there's that universe, which is kind of self-contained in a lot of ways. I mean, it's not, but, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, And then you have, like, the Ultimates and kind of the X-Men being a a bit more global and kind of being about, like, like security for the world, Like, like the fight against terrorism. And obviously, especially Ultimates is about like, okay, what what does it mean for superheroes to be military police? The X-Men kind of get caught up in that because they're often like the biggest terrorist in the world. Magneto is a mutant. So they're kind of inherently connected. Um, That's kind of the story of the Ultimate Universe right now. And now they have to figure out like, okay, what do we do with that now that we've done uh, a lot of those stories? Right. Yep. So and that's where we get to with Ultimate Secret uh, number one to four. So this is the middle chapter in the uh what do they call it the ultimate extinction trilogy which is going to be the mm. third part this is written by warren ellis it's got art by is it steve mcniven my i don't have it in front of me uh yeah i think so yes steve mcniven uh at least through at least on some of the issues because he he starts the event and then he yeah, doesn't some, finish someone, it which is a bummer someone jumps in yeah yeah it, it, yeah his work his work's okay he doesn't blow me away he, he has that kind of slightly uncanny valley photo realistic realistic thing that like it's not it's not the worst but it uh oh, oh we'll that, see like, worse we'll see worse yes. today yes yes we have, there yeah good lucky for him he has some really good comparison here that elevates his work steve um, mcniven's quite good i mean i do like his art yeah, he is because he partners with miller on old man logan um i think he drew the death of wolverine uh if I'm not mistaken, I, I often get him mixed with Steve Epting just by virtue of both being named Steve. Um, but I know he's a he's I've, there's work of his I've quite enjoyed. I think Ultimate Secret it it definitely actually shows I think how much more I like his work and his depiction of action in this event because he's not finishing the event. Because by the time we get to the fourth issue, I'm like, oh, I wish McNiven was still here doing mm. this. I will say too, you know, I was I think I was quite down on Nightmare. Uh, the five issue kickoff yeah, that, that it's a very yeah. slow prelude. Ultimate Secret is much better. Um, I think Ellis does a much better job writing in his kind of patented. Uh, okay, I read Wired today about this trend in in culture oh, and no, science. Go to hell for that! Like that, that all that stuff, <laughs> all that stuff that he was it's writing. A little dramatic. Got we the first issue is like a bunch of people in a conference room, and it's like page thirteen before we get done explaining like why this rocket is important and it's just like god why do i care about this you know what i was here for i was here for reed richards explaining uh the fermi equation and whatever the uh the theory is that you know there's alien life out there i actually like that stuff i like that that science infused pop culture stuff where it's like it's okay it's fun lawson aka marvell 
um, was just like, oh, uh, inertia, it's discovered to be in another dimension, and we're going to open a wormhole to it, and that's going to repel our rockets. But he takes like three pages to yeah, say that. Yeah, no, the loss, like in, the loss in exposition completely lost me. So, so yeah. hey, spoiler alert, Dr. Philip Lawson shows up. Now, uh, big-time Captain Marvel heads might recognize that name <laughs> as an alter yep. ego he took in the very early going of um of the like Roy Thomas written run before Jim Starlin even comes onto the title. But we get we get Philip Lawson back. Of course he is revealed to be the Cree warrior Marvell. Um he generally I mean generally speaking, Ellis and the team, they do some stuff with like I don't know, like the way his name is spelled and and some of the Cree language and that stuff. But it's pretty true to six one six in yeah, terms of the yeah, adaptation, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. got, like, an alien form that is quite different. He's got an alien form that is a lot more like a scroll, actually, um, yeah, which gets yeah, exposed at one like point. Yeah, they're kind of like a bony, a thin, bony scroll. I, the thing with Ellis's writing here, he just, he's got this, like, glib tone that vacillates between this is a incredibly serious threat, and now, and now I'm making jokes about TGI Fridays, right? Like, Marvell is, you know, like, I'm trying to stop the world from ending, and then two seconds later, he's like, uh, some soldiers run up to him and he's like, ah, would you believe me if I told you I was Spider-Man? <laughs> Thwip! And then he passes out unconscious from like an explosion. And it's like, it, I don't know, he can't write that banter. <laughs> so what? It's just, well, I don't know. I mean, what, is every, every like lame comic book joke good? Like some of it is bad. <laughs> this was bad. <laughs> you just got so defensive so fast. Uh, well, you, I, no, I'm saying say I have so no problem with the, with an attempted, an attempted humor in the midst of these oh, I just situations. think like I think All prior again prior to this year, thud. I absolutely yeah. would have defended Ellis's capacity for comedy because he's written. He, he tends to write very funny characters. He he has a glib sense of humor that mm-hmm. again until like this year revealed. Hey, this probably is not a, a dude we should support, or at the very least, we need to critically reexamine what was it the things that we liked about his work. Um, given his his kind of outing as a. a I don't know if harasser is the right, right word, but, you know, mistreating all a, these women. Sex creep. Sex creep. Sure. Sex past. Yeah. Um, you know, it's yeah. like with, well, with that, that in mind, with, with that in mind, which is crucial, I think he actually writes humor pretty well. And I think it it changes mm-hmm. the tone of the book from your blasé average superhero thing that we've read a million times before. So whether or not the individual jokes are good, right, is like going to be somewhat subjective, obviously. Um, yeah, but there's stuff in here yeah. that works. Yeah, I... I the, the tone of this and Fantastic Four in the past that he's written is just, it falls in that perfect sweet spot of just like, I can't take any of this seriously because you're too, like, you can't nail a tone, right? Like, he's too all over the place, and it's mm. just, it's so tonally dissonant that it completely falls flat for me. And it's also just not that funny, right? Maybe I'd forgive it if it was funnier stuff than, like, I like your double cheeseburgers and your double Ds. That's what I love about humans, like, that just kind of... I don't know, just very, it all feels like so narrowly aimed at teenage boys. Like it yeah. all feels very like this is sitcom writing for 13 year old boys. And I mean, there's, there's no debating or disputing that that is yeah. much of the ultimate universe. And then I, I, uh, I didn't middle, like middle, middle energy. Like it's middle yeah. energy is, is, you know, transitioning out towards teenage boys. Absolutely. I mean, again, like that's the Miller influence. I do think to Ellis's credit here, as far as like the big picture of what's happening in this mm-hmm. story, this is all a build to get us to Galactus. So again, like this is part two of a three-part trilogy trying to get us to Galactus. I think this mm-hmm. one is more effective because it introduces the Kree, it introduces the Marvel Cosmic scene a bit, and basically it, mm-hmm. it transitions the Kree 
as uh, the reason Marvel's there is to stake out humanity and make sure they're still around when Galactus comes to eat them, to observe them, and to learn from that to protect the Kree. I think that's actually a pretty smart use of this character and of that alien race in terms sure. of like the the immense threat of Galactus, I actually think is sold when you consider like they're the more sophisticated races out there would be like worried about him at as their number one priority, right? <laughs> like that's kind of how if you know about Galactus, your number one concern should be that he's going to come eat your planet, right? I would actually even say I think it does a decent job between uh, the thing is like I don't like these comics very much. Like I'm not into this whole like little trilogy of comics about this ultimate vision. I think it's generally uh, a pretty flawed trilogy. I'm more up I'm more I'm higher on it in terms of being an improvement over Nightmare, I suppose. Yes, yeah, it is, and I, I like kind of the big ideas here, and I think it does a decent job of being like, hey, we all know Galactus, we all know what a threat he is, it's still doing a decent job, like, reestablishing that and keeping a little bit of, like, oh, we don't see him, there's a big mystery here, like, what exactly is the, sh- the shape of this, yeah. and there there's a few panels in, um, I'm just gonna jump ahead a little bit, uh, Mike Carey writes the, uh, the Ultimate Vision, which is, like, a one-off, yeah. um, and there's like some panels in there that are really effective and very cool little hints at the Galactus we're gonna see, which I like. I think you and I differ on this. I like the uh, the new. I remember I remember disliking it, but I have not yeah. read ahead to, to yeah, we'll, see we'll if see. I really remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's. Uh, is there anything else from from Ultimate Vision or Secret? Because again, Carol like Danvers it is a stepping is stone. Like that's the only other thing I have to say. Is what, Carol do you, what do you think about man. this structure of an event it, as it stands? Like period, where you do these kind of like four issue minis. As a there's a trilogy, but there's mm-hmm. you know three separate four issue minis because the Ultimate Universe is going to do this again. I I don't love it because not be necessarily because of the structure I suppose, but because of the way it then drives the creators to slow build, mm-hmm. like at a nauseatingly slow pace. I think becomes more of the problem. There, there's a few uh, yes, totally, and I think the the issue is like well we already all know what this is right. It's not a new event. Right, like this is not a new mystery building. We all know what Galactus is, so like when we talk about the goofiness of that in Nightmare, right? You know, pretending like we don't know what's going to happen here, right? So they're just kind of playing the hits, and we're watching it play out, and like the little changes might be interesting. And then also, I I guess maybe I'd like that. Isn't that isn't that kind of the ultimate universe though? Is like it it can feel like watching a cover band, you know? It can feel like watching a cover band, and the only time it's interesting is if you're drunk <laughs> and you're out with friends <laughs> or if they're doing something a little different, right? Right, yes, when it's a totally, like, feels like you're reinventing and making it totally fresh again. No, as to your question about the event thing, I, the other problem is that, like, most of these could be narrowed down to the last six pages of the last comic yeah, in each little right. miniseries where it's just like, hey, you want to know what actually is the point of all this? It's right at the end. You'll figure it out. You know, like, it, it's I mean, Nightmare and Secret could be two three issues mm-hmm, totally right and then you get yeah. to extinction and i don't know if i'll say the same thing about that yeah I don't, um, I don't remember. but again like i do i i the one thing i do like is i i like the little inversion of the kree i like that twist i also do generally appreciate that secret finally like the ultimate universe as we go in, go into this again like one year mark of reading all these comics is uh it's very new york Right. Like all the threats that matter mm-hmm. are generally New York, East Coast and it, at the very least like America. Right. And with the Ultimates and, and the X-Men, they get us a little global view of things. But generally speaking, this is like the New York Marvel Universe of the Ultimate Verse, which makes sense. This starts to get us into, oh, yeah, we have cosmic elements 
and and spacefaring threats and this whole you know other realm of marvel and it starts to at least move us into opening those doors so i think that's a positive thing as well because that's the other thing when we get to ultimates we're going to realize is like oh yeah it's kind of weird we don't have asgard like like when you really boil yeah. down it's kind of like that's actually very different um mm-hmm. that we don't have an asgard to go to so uh is there anything else you want to talk about these before we do talk about asgard in ultimates 2 um just that vision vision sexy now Vision and sexy that's now. All I ha- that's all I have to say about it. Is vision, vision sexy now. I, I mean, Wasn't the vision always a little sexy though. Well, it depends. I mean, when yeah, when he gets down to that bathing suit and you're like, oh, you are bright red all over. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's interesting. Um, yeah, what a shame not to make him all red. There, there is a funny detail where this vision, which is a female version, um, is like it changes form depending on the the like the alien species that she's visiting. And goes and visits this other species that's completely alien looking. They're still like bipedal. But even in that one, still got boobs. <laughs> it's like a, a completely non-human looking one. But like mm-hmm. they still made sure that they, they drew this one with, with some breasts. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty good. Uh, yeah, nothing else to say about that. Yeah, Ultimates 1 through 5. This is volume 2 of the Ultimates. Uh, I don't know why they are relaunching it as a second volume. I guess just to get that number one heat. I actually, uh, I actually kind of like this. Yeah, at least in theory yeah, of being like, this is our showcase. We're going to do it in seasons. Um, sure, I actually yeah. kind of wish more idea. comics would adopt this, but like sensibly, you know, because Marvel's thing with this is they they do it so sporadically and so quickly and so cynically where it's clearly just like we need yeah. a number one for those sales. Whereas Ultimates actually feels like, yeah, this is a big deal. This is volume two of our big yeah. deal. It does. Totally. It does feel like another season as opposed to picking up like whatever it's spider-man number one volume seven and you're just like wait i'm right in the middle of a story here what's happening yeah, <laughs> you know like right. you're you're totally just thrown in it's clearly like yeah we we stopped volume six at issue 34 this this really is just issue 35 but we mm-hmm. wanted to get some new readers on um, and the nice yeah, thing yeah. about ultimates is i mean again like if you were fast tracking your way through the ultimate universe and you weren't reading everything you can read these more or less like on their own I mean, you know, like there are mm-hmm. brief references totally. here and there to like, yeah, the the ultimate universe has carried on, but like the you're not getting the real meat of what's happening with this team unless you read Ultimates, right? All their other mm-hmm. appearances are just little cameos here and there and kind of smaller stuff. So it's like, you know, it has the weight to it. It's got Miller and Hitch returning as a creative unit, which is definitely for the better. Um mm-hmm. I, I don't always love I'm not like an Uber Hitch fan, I wouldn't say. Obviously, he gets a ton of credit, and rightfully so, for kind of adopting the widescreen Marvel Cinematic Universe approach to comics that really dominates the 2000s. I mean, so often mm-hmm. when you hear really, really great creators and smart talents talking about like what shaped this millennium of comics, they talk about Hitch's art on the Authority and then on the Ultimates. You know, like the influence is to my sort of non artist brain, I, I can't even, I don't think, get my head around it. Um, that said, there are like details to his art like the way he draws hawkeye's buzz drives me insane i was gonna say i wanted to point that out how we've gotten this far without talking about his like stupid barry (laughs) allen haircut uh and and also like his outfit in those stupid rectangle glasses he could not the worst i I don't think hawkeye could have a worse design um he he is kind of intended to be an a-hole in this 
uh, the, definitely the way he's written by Miller, like mm-hmm. Hawkeye sucks, um, which sure. is a thing we've said in my Marvelous Year before, right? So is that a, a totally but this time inappropriate? It's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that that could make some sense. Um, but his design really sucks. <laughs> like I hate Ultimate yeah. Universe Hawkeye. Uh, <laughs> I'm it, glad you you and I came to this at the same time because I was thinking like I gotta bring that up. This this costume stinks. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah well, what the thing is when like all the other costume redesigns look great. You know, like I like yeah. the new Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, like the Hulk. They all look pretty good, but his is his is pretty Black Widow's new armor. She gets armor yeah. from Tony. I think that works. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Ultimates Two is focused on kind of two things. There's kind of two story arcs to this. The first three issues uh, dig into the trial of the Hulk. So the mm-hmm. big reveal in this is, which I had forgotten actually, that so the Hulk goes on his rampage in Ultimates, the first volume. And he killed like 800 people in New York. It was a huge number. And uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. has him imprisoned. But what the world doesn't know is that the Hulk is Dr. Bruce Banner, who is, uh, you know, an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. or was, right? So they they don't know the connection until now. And then once that news gets dropped, then it becomes like, hey, that's a big deal. It's very bad PR for the Ultimates. They start because they're the biggest celebrities in the world and they're beloved up until this point. Right. And they start getting some heat. Because of their, uh, you know, because the lies that they're telling and um, for protecting the Hulk. So the Hulk gets a trial and he is represented by Matt Murdock, which, of course, right? Got to do it. Sure. Yeah. And uh, and basically, long story short, you know, they they're like, yeah, Hulk, Robert Bruce Banner is guilty. Um, Nick Fury lies to him. He tells him everything's going to be okay. Bruce is super excited. He's a sad puppy. And uh, they get him. They drug him and then they drop him on a boat and try to nuke him. Yeah, they just set off a bomb on the boat, right? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, it's smart. It's kind of fun. Like I, I, I like that idea of just like, what we, you know, we're not even gonna try to do anything else. Like we're not gonna inject him with the, you know, like a lethal injection. We're just gonna strap him down to an aircraft carrier and blow it up with a <laughs> nuclear yeah. bomb while he's unconscious. And, and, and then the, uh, oh, sorry. Well, I was just gonna say, and what this does is it frees the Hulk, right? Yeah. It, it gets us finally in Ultimate Universe with the free Hulk because. Um, again, like he's in the first arc of Ultimates, and he runs around in like a whatever Ultimate team up or whatever. But um, but otherwise, we basically don't have any Hulk possibilities because he's in this Shield prison. What this does is they think they killed him, but of course they don't. He's the Hulk. He's immortal. And uh, and then we see Bruce Banner walking away in his hat. So now we got a free Bruce, free Hulk in the Ultimate Verse, uh, which is good. Sets up some possibilities. Yeah, I like. I remember digging. Um, next year we're gonna read Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk. I remember digging that. Written by That's Damon a... Lindelof of Lost. I know, weird, and, right? Uh, just, and Watchmen so... fame now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw that. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember digging that uh, back when. So we'll see. Um, the other story here is that Thor, which we've had little hints of. They've talked about like, yeah, Thor. He's uh, he's delusional. He has high power tech. He thinks he's a Norse god, but really he's like a nurse from Norway, who like is you know just delude into thinking he's a, a god but it's just right. high technology here great scene great scene starting with him walking into a bar and sitting down with volstag and like volstag is so out of place in the ultimate universe that it's just like oh hey weird yeah. okay volstag is here because cool. he's like and straight like, up as guardian larger than life he's got right like, he's, he's a big hawaiian food. He's wearing a big Hawaiian shirt right and then he starts talking about like fighting demons and you know it's just like oh okay all right, I guess this settles it, right? Yeah, yeah. And then he starts talking about how Loki is free. Loki is broken out of his prison. 
He's here. He's going. And it's to try and to it's like not just turn. a prison. Just to double down on that, yeah, like it's like word? you know just, the aisle of whatever the silent word, leaves. The like word that's of not a the thousand language. doors or something. I yeah, think. yeah. But it's very. It's all very flowery Asgardian stuff. You know, it very yeah, much yep. feels like oh yeah, like Asgard is out here. Okay, we got it. And and he's like Loki's going to poison everyone's mind. He's going to manipulate reality itself to like poison the world and these heroes against you, and then turn to the waiter being like, "Are you okay, sir? You've been talking to yourself for five minutes since you sat down." And yeah. then a cut to. There's no Volsag, and Thor's been sitting here by himself. Sets up, starts setting up. Hey, is Thor seeing these things? Is Loki real? Is this manipulation? And it's just like, it plays it so smart in that, like, we don't know. You don't really know. There's a guy (laughs) who says that he's uh, Thor's brother who's like, yeah, we created this technology. I work in a lab, and my brother stole it. And it's like, oh, that's probably Loki, but maybe not, right? Yeah. Maybe we're just seeing it. And I, I love that it, like really leaves it up up in the air i think that that's the smart way to play it um i don't know how this comes down ultimately if we i can't even that's the thing is i can't actually remember (laughs) if thor is delusional or not and i think that's how effectively it plays this mystery Uh, again like i think from the first you know chapter of ultimates it was one of my favorite ideas was with thor being like yeah he thinks he's a god but that's a pretty wild claim and there's nothing to support it. There's, like, no evidence aside from these powers he has, which, again, like, maybe we can explain with technology. And then this really starts leaning into that. And all these, when you throw in Loki, and here he's more of a, he can manipulate reality, right? It's it's more that than, like, just the god of lies, although that certainly fits. Um, where, like, he's making it look, or he's making Thor think he's talking to people. And other people around him are like, what are you talking about? It makes yep. Thor look crazy. Or Thor just is crazy. We don't know. Um, it's it's pretty effective at this, like, you know, yeah. that kind of, like, Fight Club style, like, oh, are you seeing someone this whole time that no one else can see, and it's not revealed. I think it's pretty well done, and it leads to this giant, giant fight and showcase between Thor versus the Ultimates. They they're, they believe all the evidence they're seeing that he is this, you know, um, Norwegian nurse or whatever who has this tech who is becoming more and more unstable. Thor is also, crucially, opposing uh, Nick Fury and Shield's use of the Ultimates as a um, global military force. So Thor well, is it's, like, it's that like, hey, it kind of seems like you're going to start using them this way. And the thing well, they literally go into a like, hostage situation in Iraq, I think. And they talk about like, no, you know, we're not being deployed by the military. This is basically humanitarian aid. Like we're rescuing hostages and relief workers. We're not getting sent in. We are not the military. This is not our business. It was just to rescue these people. Now we're out of here. Captain America's insisting it. Tony Stark's on Larry King Live insisting it. Like, they are all saying that's not what's going to happen. Thor resigns, saying, like, no, it's it's going to happen, right? Like, we need to stop this. He's, right. you know, fighting cops with uh, against the who are, like, pushing against protesters, etc. Uh, and then th- this has the really smart ending of Thor finally gets, like, taken down. He's put in a containment cage, the one that the Hulk just vacated. And Nick Fury calls everyone and is like, hey, there's trouble in the Middle East. And that's literally the last panel of this, which is great. It's just like, oh, hey, everything you're saying. It's funny because like, man, 2004, 2005 was a different time where it's just like, yeah. Oh, you you think they're just going to like really run wild in the Middle East? That's conspiracy theory stuff, (laughs) right? Like Mm. that American imperialism is just like so totally overreaching and just like blindly lashing out and uh see it's funny because i actually view that as a little ahead of its time i mean because this is again like we're mid-2000s iraq war started in 2003 again like initially to relative support you know because again like post 9-11 like 
I was young, <laughs> I will admit, at the time, I didn't have a great grasp on what was going on. Um, but I, I just think, like, to call out, I think to have Thor be this character who is calling out these actions as dangerous and wrong is an important thing, especially as the comic, again, it doesn't, like, take sides per se, but Thor calling out, hey, the use of the Ultimates as a paramilitary force is highly questionable, and then, like, fending off police who are brutally mm-hmm. uh, beating up protesters in Italy or being violent. Like, those yeah. are stances, again, for a hero to take who we think we can trust. Again, yeah. like, there's 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 doubt cast upon him, but who we think we can trust, I think it's actually, like, surprisingly effective at, yeah. at like, positioning that as a, hey, I think this is the side of right here, you know? Yeah, for, no, no, for I as agree. as much as we can define yeah. it. Yeah, and the only, the only thing I mean is just that, like, Thor also is just like, you know, oh, the president's sending people in the Middle East. Like, he's not even in the room when these decisions are made. Like, he's a little conspiracy-brained and, like, you know, there's a, a shadowy cabal running this. Mm. But no, all the rest of this, yes, correct. And, I mean, this is 2004, 2005. It's pretty rare for, like, mainstream media, for Hollywood, for the news to be, like, pushing this stuff. But, like, the Iraq War protests were in full swing at sure. this point. Yes. So, like... There, yes. there, you know, there was an enormous protest movement at this point, but to see it in like Marvel comics, you know, being like that Captain America was against it and he looks like the jerk for it. Right. Like, yeah, uh, I think that that is, you know, yeah, that's noteworthy. And Captain well, America, boy, does he look like a jerk here. Like, yes. He is the worst here. Oh, there's one line. I have to point this out. So funny. It's just that like him and Jan keep getting called out on the tabloids because Jan's still technically married to Hank Pym and it's, you know, this, like, salacious tabloid relationship. And he's really mad that, like, reporters aren't being honorable and, like, leaving them alone. And he talks about one specific reporter comes up and he's just like, oh, man, what'd I do to that guy if he didn't have glasses? <laughs> the, the joke of, like, the Captain America so old-fashioned that he's like, yeah, well, I couldn't, I couldn't hit a guy with glasses. <laughs> Miller really leans into the old-fashioned so language funny. and sensibilities of Cap. But at the same time, you're right. I mean, Cap is... The Captain America of 616 is so lovable <laughs> and so right all the time, you know, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Whereas this Cap is like, he is a jerk and he can be a bully. Um, and he he's kind of, he kind of enjoys the violence. He breaks into think... the nightclub to beat up Thor because he leaked state secrets. That's it. Not to any bad effect. It was that he leaked that Hulk is Bruce Banner. And it's he like, th- he thinks he leaked it too. He, he thinks. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Thor didn't yeah, even do even... that. But even if he had like, yeah, they sure. are keeping that a secret and the ultimates 800 people died and they're keeping that a secret who was actually responsible for it. Right. And he's just like gung ho, like. Hey, you leaked something classified. Well, and it is interesting, I think, the way, you know, because you lean into that aspect of Captain America, but then it also ties into what I think is still an interesting question about, like, the militarization of a unit like the Avengers. I mean, it's something that comes up a lot in kind of the way they're utilized in the MCU, but then, like, especially, like, if you've played Marvel's um, Avengers video game, like, it's Mm -hmm. just straight up, like, sending out strike teams. I mean, this is the literal language of the Avengers as, you know, your, your army as your soldiers. Um, And it's a, it's something that I think works like a squadron Supreme or like a watchman investigate to use a couple mid eighties examples. I'm sure there are many, many more. I mean, suicide squad does that suicide squad, uh, right? There's all sorts, but just like when you fuse the, the political and the national ideologies with the superhero units, what does that do to them? What do they look like? And that's probably the biggest difference between the ultimates of the Ultimate Universe versus the Avengers of 616 in that mm-hmm. the Avengers keeps some distance. 
you know, yeah. separation of church and state, if you will, right? Whereas the Ultimates, like, no, they're just a part of that. And Nick Fury is the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., but, like, he does report up to the president, I'm pretty sure, of America. You know what I mean? Like, they <laughs> are way more nationalized. Except he keeps secret from the president. Like, the president doesn't know about Bruce Banner. Well, he hides stuff from him, but it's he's yeah. still, like, his boss who has some say. Or, or, or yeah. people yeah, in yeah. the U.S. government. Yeah, you know, no. Whatever I, the relationship is. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah, it's no, interesting. And it, I think it's, it's good, because it casts a skeptical eye over that idea. Like, it, it does a good job of being, like here's a fresh use of this but also it's not this like blindly like yeah we're just gonna accept this as what it is we've, we've talked about this a lot I, I think it's something I, I like about the ultimate universe when it doesn't just do it as like yeah this is cool and good and fine and no one's <laughs> asking questions well I actually thought these five issues did it a little better probably than anything in the first ultimate chapter yeah because you know you you were pretty critical of like i don't know what miller's politics are it's on there's a lack of clarity possibly around like what is even the points he's trying to make i think this one is actually very clear um even though again like i think one thing he does well is he presents the criticism but he doesn't make it it's not ham-fisted i i don't think um, yeah. it's, which is funny no, because he can often be yeah. a very ham-fisted storyteller, yeah. but I, I do yeah. think too, there's, there's also that element of like, yeah, Cap just swooped in and saved nine American hostages. What was he not supposed to do that? Like there is that argument of like, you know, okay, what's the alternative here? So it, it opens the debate. It doesn't have the answers, but it doesn't need to. That's not the role of the story. It's yeah. just, it's to say, what are the challenges what are the problems and how do we think about that? And I think it does yeah, no, pretty I, well. I never, I never want to know. Like, I'm not saying I want to know what his politics are. It's when the comic is not asking the questions, but it's putting these politics forward, I guess. And it's not even, like, interrogating it. It's mm -hmm. kind of that thing where it's like, um, just by putting it here and not interrogating is almost an endorsement, right? It's that idea of, like, there's no such thing as an anti-war movie. <laughs> because, like, just by the act of showing a war movie, it's exciting and it's thrilling. And people, like, are like, yeah, war, cool. Like, this is fun. Like... And it, it's very hard to, you know, you, you, you kind of need to be interrogating that mm -hmm. and have some kind of, and if you're just doing a, I, I don't know, a very straightforward version of this, if you're just doing the offend, adventures as world police, but it's just them going on missions and it's just fun and exciting world police stuff, that's, you know, you could say that's propaganda, right? Whether they mean to or not, like that is, that can be like read very easily as pro-militarization propaganda. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's where Thor's role in this uh, yep. is crucial, and it makes it an interesting and story. And Captain so, America, too. Like, even yeah. as, as the counterpoint, you know, he makes a good counterpoint. So right, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised rereading these. I remember not enjoying Volume 2 nearly as much, um, mm. but oh, I, that I'm might actually be it. the second part of this, which we'll get to. So, But these first five issues, I think, are, are probably the strongest Ultimates work uh, in my book. Yeah, yeah, maybe I might say that too. Yeah, they're 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 pretty up there. So um, next on the list, yeah. we did read Ultimate X Men sixty one to sixty five. We're still in the Brian K Vaughn written era. We got Stuart Eimanen and Wade von Gar von Grawbadger on uh, pencils and inks, and uh, BKV goes out as he came in. These are the final issues from him. He goes out Thank with uh, with glib humor, <laughs> with uh, with inclusion of of mutants, new mutants specifically that we haven't mm -hmm. seen before. And with uh, pretty pretty average comics, you know they're like they're they're fine. I don't have a lot. I I kind of enjoyed read reading them in the yeah. sense of like being curious about what's going on. They're it, one of the most fascinating things about this. At the end of I think issue sixty two in the letters column, there's mm -hmm. like a hey we have to congratulate Brian K Vaughn who won this year's Eisner Award. Dude won an Eisner. 
<laughs> for this? For no, no, no. For why the oh. last man and for oh, okay. Ex Machina sure. and maybe Pride of Baghdad was coming out around then. Um, uh-huh. But dude, wanted Eisner while he was writing Ultimate X Men, which is like hilarious. This is not Eisner material. <laughs> I read this <laughs> like three say. hours ago, and I genuinely am having a hard time remembering details. <laughs> you know, like I just read this, and it just like leaked right out of my brain. It's, yeah, it's it's, very... it's uh it's bubblegum. I mean, it's bubblegum yeah, X Men. I mean, um, it's... even compared to Spider Man, which is like fun, it, like it's just. I don't know. It's just so empty. I mean, it, I don't think it's totally, totally empty. Wa- I mean, it, it is a bit, no, it, but it's, it's, it's it introduces new things. To, it's it's more interested in the superhero, like filling out the um, the roster elements yeah. of the yeah. Ultimate Universe, which actually I, I think is kind of what Vaughn's run does. He's kind of like, all right, let's do our Mister Sinister checkbox check. Let's do our Doug Ramsey, Sam Guthrie, Roberto DaCosta checkbox check. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like let's hit mm-hmm. these beats. And let's add these things to the universe. The weird thing then is he gets out and he doesn't play with them. Like he adds all this stuff. He adds Longshot the serial killer, which is a really interesting beat. Also note that he's named Arthur here. Definitely a shout to Art Adams, his co-creator. Could have been named Anne. Could have been named Anne Nascenti. No, no. He, he actually has... Just a second. Give me, give me two seconds because he actually is called... I saw this and I just need to... Well, you, you can keep going on when I, when I find it all. No, no, no. You've stopped us and we're going to wait. We're gonna wait okay. for your. His name is Arthur thing. Sentino, which is uh, oh even better. No, 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 Senti mixed together. Right? There we so go. It's, it's specifically calling out Art Adams and and Senti. There we go. Um, yes. but yeah, no, he's filling out this world. You know what I really like that he adds in sixty one and sixty five. I guess there's two things. The first is he adds a lot to Emma Frost's school for the gifted. Emma Frost school for the gifted, which is mutants and just like really smart people, <laughs> you know, um, is actually a lot more interested or interesting, I think, than the X-Men. I enjoy sort of the way there's a rivalry between Frost School and Xavier's, where it's not the New Mutants versus Hellions thing from the 80s, you know, in the Claremont era, where it's just like, well, we're the good ones and they're the evil ones. But there's Mm -hmm. a rivalry because they have, like, totally different missions. Like, hers is, like, actually a school. Xavier's is, like, a global military force, you know? Like, it's, it's actually these really interesting dichotomies in their relationships. And then the second thing I like about these stories is uh, we get a lot more Magneto buildup. He's plotting his escape and he uses Polaris, Lorna Dane. I think it's the first time we've seen her in the ultimate verse to kind of succeed in that. Um, But, but I'm, I'm very here for Magneto and his plastic prison uh, comics. That's always, yeah, I I love that idea. I was almost waiting for the, uh, the, the iron shot that mystique gives. Mm -hmm. Uh, from mm-hmm. the movies i was like oh well i bet they pulled that right from here but no there's nothing as creative as that uh i mean I, I don't know he just writes like the most it's weird it's just like they're they're very bland they're very like stock standard like oh my god there's a line here where at the end um mystique we're finding out it's some someone and the, there's two villains working for magneto one of them kills a cop and then takes on the form and she says as she's like switching forms she's just like yeah, violence is uh, one of Magneto's calling cards. You might say that's his mystique, and then she like turns and looks in straight into the camera as she says the word mystique, <laughs> and it's her. That's yeah. her name, not his name. Like, yeah, yeah. It's part of his mystique, and then like, and it's just I don't know. Well, it's, it's kind of like at the end of uh, Rise of Rise of the Skywalkers when Ray turns to the camera and is like, "My name is Ray Star Wars." Looks directly <laughs> into the camera, <laughs> just like that moment. Um, yeah. yeah, it's no, it's it's ham-fisted for sure. I mean, you can tell it's Vaughn because 
I think the dialogue has a little quippier pace to it, and just because of the pop culture references that mostly Allison Blair is making, like those are your clues that this is Brian K. Vaughn. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's a bit odd. I actually thought I'm in uh, his art. I thought fell off here too in this arc. I, uh, I had enjoyed it more, it. and then in this yeah. arc, it really I don't know. Just some of the figures get looser. I don't know if it's intentional or not. Um, but I was not into it as much. There was not much of the layout that I found particularly captivating either. I wasn't that taken the first time, so maybe you just had, uh, like, what's the maybe word? I, like, maybe I saw the light. I saw the Zach light. Imminent Im- Im- goggles on. I mean, I think it's fine. Like, I don't think he's a bad artist. Well, I was in I was in imminent danger the entire time <laughs> I was reading. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. All right, yeah. let, let's get to Fantastic Four, because there's a lot to chew on here. So well, the, the I do. I do before this. we do that, I oh, just want to say, these are the last BKV issues, which means oh. we are now coming to the Robert Kirkman ultimate x-men oh, era baby yeah, walking yeah. dead's own robert kirkman about to get Another. over and this is what i'm talking about when i say like these are the biggest names in this verse yeah, it's wild it is it's it's crazy is, is he gonna be another like you would never know he's a huge name based off this i i don't know how much of this i've read honestly okay it's been forever yeah. i yeah i don't really remember much of fantastic four past this like most of the stuff i remember was like oh i remember this fantastic four and i remember this fantastic four because it's marvel zombie time let's get no we gotta we gotta talk about time baby mike mike carey and jiley do a couple issues here first we get uh, like fine whatever it does feel like a little bottle episode here it's like a a reject from the uh a rejected student from the baxter no it's it sounds fancier if you call him a reject a re- a <laughs> you're, you're right. a, yeah a it's, it's a good uh it's a good premise i like it the premise it's, actually it's fun and like jai lee is such an interesting author or author writer not writer jesus artist gosh someone mislabels <laughs> lee is such an interesting um artist because like he just needs like that very specific type of story to work with yeah i, I just feel like you need i love his work but it's just like who i was thinking like i'm kind of think glad i love only... his work and then I'll I see love... it in interiors and a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and go, oh, no, I maybe I don't love Jay No, Lee's see, work. I love his work. I think it just needs the right comic. And yeah. I think, like, there's not that many comics. Because even with this, I was like, I had two issues. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to, like, yeah. move on from this. And I'm glad to see him in small little stories. Like, he does, um, the new 52 starts out with Batman versus Superman. He's writing, or he's drawing that. Yeah. Really cool story. Really great art from that. I he's a better fit little... on that, I thought, uh, as well. Oh, he's he's My favorite work of his that I know you're about to reference is Inhumans. Yep. Yes. with Paul Jenkins, I think he fits exactly. that extremely well. I He does not fit these Fantastic Four comics very well at all. Um, it fits this one weird little story, you know, like this the story. I actually kind of... The only, but, that's, what, but what we're saying is, like, because the story's short, it's okay, which is yes. another way of saying... No, no, the story fit. is weird and creepy and kind of over the top in a way that I actually think the art suits. Like, this is a stupid comic. Like, the, the villain okay. here is a... This, the villain's a genius who got rejected from the Baxter Building school, uh-huh. um, who talks about how her brain just, she's like, my brain processing power is fine, but I need, like, more storage capacity. So she, like, ties up another teenager and just r- removes a chunk of his brain and fuses it into her brain. So she's got a big lump on the side of her head. That's yeah. amazing. That's so funny, just sewing extra brain on. <laughs> love right. to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, yeah, Lee, no, I think I mean, Lee does do a, a decent job with drawing the... I guess the body horror elements, those designs and those mm-hmm. sorts of things he can sell. I think yep. like in terms of energy and pacing, like his his work can be way too static. A lot of times it can he can do amazing covers and posters, yeah, but sure. interiors can feel like these very flat backgrounds and like motionless mm-hmm. characters. And I think these two issues really feel like that way too often. Uh, for Carrie's like side of things, I mean, again, I like the premise of 
It's Reed versus somebody who thinks they're smarter and they're trapped in the Baxter building. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Again, if it was any longer than two issues, it would have been way too long. It's two issues and we're out. Yep. It's fine. Yep. It thread, threaded the needle of being like silly enough that I, I thought it was fun, right? Like, oh, here's you, the Baxter building's a haunted house. Yeah. You have to make right. your way through it. And the art sold that. So, all right. So now we're on to Miller's back on Fantastic Four. Yeah, he is. And let, let's talk about the art first because this, we got a, there's a whole big thing about this art. This is Frank oh, Lane, oh, yeah? who, who we have seen, we've seen do a couple covers. He's done some Fantastic Four covers so far. Um, but this is the first time doing interiors. He is a notorious artist who still gets a ton of work at Marvel. He is a popular hire, I would say. just baffling to me. He's a a very... Greg Land is a very successful comic artist. Totally. And the thing is, I don't think an untalented one. Like, I don't think he is... He draws a bad picture. He takes a one notable shortcut that is horrifying. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. that is that he traces. He traces everything. For this photorealistic look, it's got like digitally color. It looks rotoscoped, if you know what that means. Like he, he does this, and he's not particularly good at matching the images that he's tracing to the expressions that the scene calls for. Mm. So you get time after time, you get these scenes of someone who's supposed to be angry, and instead they look like they're orgasming, or they look like they're on a roller coaster, or they look like they're like having the time of their life. Like mm-hmm. they look thrilled when they should be screaming in anger or anguish or something like that. Yeah. Someone should look like shocked and instead they look totally bemused. It, there's just the real dissonance to the art over and over and over again. Part of that, he draws porn stars. <laughs> he traces porn star faces for this. So literally you will and it, see. And like, it looks like it. You know, that's not just does. like a, an insult like... or like a clever critique. Like there, there's a literal literalness to that that you can see on the page and it's, no, it, it's, it's particularly disconcerting when it's like hey who's here's sue storm and her mom and uh wait why do they look like porn and, stars? and it's sue going like mom like being surprised that your mom's here but instead she's just got this like look of ecstasy on her face yeah you know, and, it, and it is that porn look of like the over like you know someone overselling it right so like mm-hmm. everything the the amount of people doing the white mouth wide open like soy smile like the soy face if you know what that means i do uh, not please it's explain stupid, no it's it's like a dumb uh men's right right wing thing <laughs> you know pe- <laughs> you're so integrated into all these weird cultures it's like Zach, making fun of and like it really makes males, me question who the way you that are. like a beta male would smile like this that's like smiling that's, that's how we smile face. that's how you the soy face smile. Is the, like <gasps> dude smiling with the mouth wide open they call that the soy face because they're, you know, making fun of, like... I learned something about awful soy. culture every every time I yeah. talk to you. Yeah, it sucks. But anyway, everyone in this comic is doing that, right? Like, on every page, there's bystanders running in the background screaming, but really they're just making the, like, the soy face. So, <laughs> all right. I mean, yeah. So really that's that's his style. It's he, There's kind of two things to it. There's there's all of what you critiqued, which is a very good Comics Tropes episode on YouTube on Greg yes, Land, yeah, which I'd recommend great. people check out. Yeah. If you're kind of curious to to dig into it um it, there's a couple things about him so one is like he does sexualize you know the women certainly mm-hmm. in a very mid-2000s marvel way like it's not yeah. i don't know that it's more egregious in terms of like body style than other artists you know but then you combine it with all of what you're saying about like the literal sort of porn star face and it kind of has that feel um because like I don't know that what he's doing with Sue is necessarily any worse than like what Bagley did with MJ. No, in those... not not written. No, and and yeah. not even. No, I don't even know like 
Yeah, like, the actual way he draws their bodies. Like, everyone's wearing skin-tight clothing, but it's not, like... It hasn't made me as uncomfortable as some other stuff we've read. Yeah, I actually like, don't I'm... think that's that's as egregious, but maybe it'd be proven wrong. Um, but either yeah. way, like... And the other thing he does that drives me nuts is all of the teeth don't mm-hmm. have lines. They're all blocks of white together, and it combines... So when you combine the huge open-mouth smile, that kind of O-face smile, with, like, just, like, no distinct... Uh, separation between any of mm-hmm. the teeth it's just like it's just kind of it's and, weird and disconcerting and everyone looks like they probably this should be a story where they're like kind of possessed but they aren't like that's not the part of the story sure yeah well and then he doesn't have a consist because he's tracing there's not actually a great consistency between character models so you will just see like on one page i actually saw this sue has three different noses like she has a cute little mm. like pug nose in one page she's got an upturned nose in another and she's got like a straight nose and a different one and it's like she just will have slightly different features each time i I don't know if i normally like pick that stuff apart i think i'm noticing that more because i know you know it's like he is i mean if you follow comics at this point you know greg land gets a lot of conversation right because because Uh, and this this is oh sorry i was just gonna say he's had his art heavily criticized and analyzed for a while and for a lot of good reasons i i will credit actually on stuff where it's not like um indoors humans relating to humans i think he's actually yep. pretty good like when it's yeah, yeah. action and it gets outside of that realm and it gets weird or like when we're in the zombie verse um yeah i, I think that stuff he's actually pretty good at and i am guessing yeah, a big yeah, part yeah. of the reason is like that's harder to trace we don't know what zombies look like actually you know, you know what's really funny is page one of his work there's a T-Rex staring straight into the camera doing the uh, the, the soy face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's got the wide, it, it, it literally has that wide open mouth like, hi, yeah. <laughs> look the same as everyone else. But no, I, I actually agree. I think like his storytelling is fine. Like his panel to panel storytelling. I think his action looks fine. I think it is just literally that he's relying on tracing and then he's not choosing the right things to trace, right? Like if he was tracing this and nothing felt dissonant, you didn't have that continual feeling of like it flitting from like photograph to photograph that doesn't quite line up mm. <laughs> with what's happening. I think this would be okay. I think that's really like the biggest problem with this. N- not to mention we, I mean, we're not talking about it and we're, it's a little out of our depth, but like he is, you know, known for like tracing other people's art, which is a, you know, a, a serious thing in the industry that I guess yeah, you can just problem. get away with. That's a <laughs> problem. Yeah. That should not be happening. I have no idea years. if that's happening here. Miller for his part, writing the stories, Yep. This is this is the Miller I like. Yeah. Uh, this is Miller saying, hey, what if Reed uh, created technology where he could talk to other Reeds across the multiverse mm-hmm. and look like he was going to go visit our Earth 616 Reed? Already oh. fascinating. We haven't seen a, what a, um, a Marvel Universe crossover like that what in a the fake Ultimate out. Universe. What's what that? a good fake! What a good fake out! It's a, and like. it turns out to be a fake out because then he goes through and it's it was a trap. It was a trap set by the Marvel Zombies. Now you may have heard of Marvel Zombies because there have been a number of mm-hmm. uh you know solo Marvel Zombie series since this time. I think there have been five or six actually. Yeah, um, yeah like of their own series. spinoff series. And guess what? It starts here. It starts right here in Ultimate it's Fantastic weird, yeah. Four, uh, which I I definitely. Going into the May Ultimate read the first time, thought like, oh, Marvel Zombies must have happened first. You know, like mm-hmm. there must have been that first run. Nope. It all starts here. And we meet the Marvel Zombieverse where there was an infection, a zombie infection. I think a sentry, an infected sentry crashes to 616. Like and uh, every other superhero gets yeah. infected, more or less. Yeah. Right. And then oh, there is a sentry, like sentry the superhero. What is that? 
you said a sentry. Is it like a super? It's no, like no, a super. There's a superhero one. named Sentry. Ah, okay. All right. I don't know him. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We'll, we'll get there. And right. uh, and there's a resistance to the zombies that is led by Magneto, which is like a fun choice already. It's the perfect choice for the Ultimate Universe because mm-hmm. he's the big bad of the Ultimate Universe, right? He's the number one terrorist. So Reed has to trust Magneto of this Ultimate Zombieverse to get out alive. It's great. It's a great premise. It's a very fun idea. And boy, does it have legs because it spawned, you know, a gazillion spinoffs that are extremely successful. Like people dig, dig Marvel Zombies and look at the success DC's Deceased is having. People still love good? this idea is that working? across the pond on the other publisher. Is that working for Deceased? I haven't read any of that. Oh, my goodness. It's it's. I know it's popular, popular to a degree good? I could like never it? have predicted. And it's also very good. It also. Well, yeah, Marvel that. Zombies is like. It's just a surprising once this gets rolling because I think this is good as it is and like I, I can't remember who takes the reins on this and runs with the first trade. It's someone that <laughs> Kirkman. I'm, it's Robert right, Kirkman it's, and Sean. Right, Phillips, I knew it was yeah. someone I was like kind of cool on. I think it's like my favorite thing he's done because he takes it and he spins it in like really fun. Creative well, it's, it's famously Robert like, Kirkman's best zombie comic ever. Everyone says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Well, it has an ending. You know, it's not this like burn. Yeah, yeah. Um. More like yeah, Walking very, Dead to me, right? It's it's good, and it, it starts fun here. I, I love the fake out of like, yeah. oh, hey, check this out. It's 616 Reed. Like, we're crossing over, and then right. Reed jumps over into find this, like, apocalyptic wasteland. And then the zombies are back in the Ultimate Universe and trapped, and the threat there feels so big in that, like, the zombie, the zombie Fantastic Four are contained and just saying, like, hey, I'm you, Reed, but, like, I'm much smarter I will find a way out of here. Mm-hmm. And we've already seen what they did to their world. So like the, the threat is escalated really well. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, definitely, definitely a bad idea to keep these zombie versions of yourself inside your home. I, I will yeah. say, yeah, regardless yeah. of how oh, secure God, you that, think that, that prison is. That panel of um, read, the zombie reads slipping through the door crack. And he's mm-hmm. just basically coming out as like gelatin. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Preview. Anyway, yeah. So I guess we we both love this. How so Marvel Zombies is super Ultimate fun. Then Namor. we get three issues yeah. of Ultimate Namor, which I guess is the first time we've seen him, which I had kind of forgotten. Uh, these issues are, I would say, as bad as Zombies are good. Like there's just yeah. nothing to them. They they are idealless, whereas Zombies is full of wild energy. Totally agree. I mean, the only like idea here is that. Namor is not a king. He was a prisoner in Atlantis, and they freed him. But that's yeah. Namor's nothing. a bad guy because we want to make him a bad guy. <laughs> and it's like you could do that anyway, right? Like Namor is half a bad guy in the ulti- in the the real. Yeah, no, no, but but to sell the idea that he might want to destroy the Earth, we better make him a criminal rather than any of the nuance and interesting things about six one six Namor. And then, like, it, mostly his motivation is to like kiss a nineteen year old. And it's just, it's boring. It's like, really, like, that is he not, just is like, that is not boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so dull. It's just, no, like, it's, well, it's, it is. It's just like, hey, let's take exactly 616 Namor. Let's have him immediately infatuated with Sue Storm. Um, but let's make him an Atlantean criminal, I guess. And then the other thing to this is we bring back Sue Storm and Johnny Storm's mom, who they thought was dead. And turns out she's been hunting for Atlantis this whole time, which. I, isn't like the worst idea i wouldn't say but it's mostly it's just her in rooms telling them about her hunt for atlantis and kind of being a weird mom about it yeah like the the clearest like porn character 
in the whole thing too. Like she she's got the biggest like porn star vibe here. Well, that's I, mostly because Miller wrote in uh, Reed using a. This is actually a cool technology idea where Reed is wearing a helmet. Where even if he is under assault and can't defend himself, his subconscious will pull whatever he's thinking of, and that thought will defend him. That's a very Grant Morrison idea uh, on its on its face. The way it gets presented is as a gag of Reed thinking of Sue's mom in her underwear, and and let's just say she dressed to impress, right? Like Sue's mom, like Greg was like, "Let me get out the trace. Let me get out my protractor to get some lines." straight on this trace right i mean it is the like don't think of the state puff marshmallow man don't think of the state puff marshmallow man like idea yeah you know? i mean it's it's yeah. it's comedic it's intended but, to be um yeah, but you know it's fine it's just an I, excuse I just to don't get know her why her she's underwear. here i guess overall i maybe it's just that i was bored by the comic but i was just like oh the storm's mother is here oh i didn't know they didn't have a mother i guess i forgot that you know it like yeah that, that's happened multiple times in comics matt murdoch had the <laughs> happen where it was like this nun's your mom and i'm like i didn't I oh, that, that's a bigger a deal mom, in Daredevil like, comics. I it, I it is, but when that reveal came, I was just like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess like the missing storm mother has never been. Anywhere. Yeah, the, the final the final piece of this that I think is is definitely pretty gross. Uh, is is so Namor is going to crash like a Poseidon wave on New York City or wherever they are, and he's like, I'll do it, but I won't do it if you kiss me. Just give me a kiss, mm-hmm. and you got yeah. it's it's very rapey. Very rapey, Namor. And uh, Sue, Sue's like, I mean, to her credit, I guess, Sue's like, yeah, that's, that's really easy. <laughs> I can do that and save the <laughs> yeah. world, which, fair enough. Um, I mean, that's Fantastic Four number three, number four. Isn't that happened in that, right? Like, Namor's like, Sue, I'll stop invading New York City if you come with me down to Atlantis, right? That is straight out of the... Is it? Okay, I've forgotten that Remember detail. Remember that? Because sure. uh, you even made a joke about it in our like. Oh, our if he if he comes with her, you mean? Yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah, because she goes with Namor to Atlantis for a bit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that's the one where Ben Grimm walks the uh, the nuclear bomb inside of. Oh, that that, that's mouth. four then, I think. Yeah, uh, that's, oh, that's, man, same that's, that's so good. Ben Grimm does yeah. not walk any atomic bombs into God, sea ben monsters' so mouths here, boring. so I will say kind of a bust. I'm still bummed out. Ben Grimm is the most boring character in six one or in Ultimate to me. I just like he's because just a, he's, he's so just... fun everywhere else or in six. Yeah, and he's just kind of like. He's almost indistinguishable from Johnny and just that he's just like a sassy teenager. Yeah, you know what's not indistinguishable? Like... Is uh Johnny's sudden, very curly, floppy hair that Greg Land gives him. It's like Greg Land shows up and he's like, you know what's you know what's hot right now in porn? Uh the the old uh Kitty Pride curls um, like, yeah. coming on down and like I don't know, it's like proto like boy band, not proto. I guess it's like post boy band kind of look. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it, it, all the character designs look bad. Oh, also, God, I forgot to mention this. Sometimes it's clear that he's just tracing pictures of celebrities. So, you, like, you'll walk in a room and like Ray Liotta and Ben Affleck are standing there. <laughs> talking oh, I didn't to notice that. I mean, oh, I was not looking. I'm that pretty closely. sure it was Ben Affleck, but it was super clearly Ray Liotta having. And he was like a science tech in the Baxter building. Oh, I don't mind that. That's kind of fun. It's an Easter egg. Uh, I guess. I don't, I don't know, know why, it's, but... It's distracting, I guess, when it's, like, that kind of, like, just celebrity cameos. Is, if it was done with any kind of... Uh, I'm kind of thinking, like, do you think there's a Greg Land comic that someone could write to, like, match his weird Uncanny Valley? I feel like you could... Like, a really good writer could maybe, like, utilize the strangeness of his art to, like... I think he'd be... I think he'd actually be a good fit for, like, a horror comic. 
Yeah, I mean, it just... Where everyone like... looks crazy happy, but then there's a really sinister reason for it. Yeah, 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 exactly. That, that's what I'm thinking. Like, something along those lines where, like, the writer is writing to his weird weaknesses, but, like, utilizing them. Well, yeah, yeah that's a good idea. Um, oh, I forgot. We've got Ultimate Fantastic Four Annual Number 1, which is back to... It's back to Mike Carey and Jai Lee, or is it no, just... No, it is it is Miller still, I think. Um, but it is Jai Lee, definitely. Yeah, it's Miller still writing. It's Jai Lee at Pencils and Inks. It, this is a better fit for Lee. I, something yep. about the Inhumans definitely works for him. Yep. Um, it, it's a pretty, like, kind of paint-by-numbers, like, hey, here's yeah. our Inhuman story, you know? Yeah. Uh, you wish they would have, or I wish they would have done more with the Inhumans concept, I think, in the Ultimate Universe. Like, why not? Like, it's, it's right there for refreshing. And it's not yeah. like the Inhumans are such a hot property at Marvel in the mid two thousands that they're like can't can't change that one. Um, but they yeah, don't, I mean they, they don't, don't even do get into it. their powers, right? Like Crystal has a bunch of power. Crystal just has like power. Black Bolt has power, but like Medusa's here and she looks like an actual Medusa. She doesn't have long red hair. She's got snakes. Yeah, we don't get to meet the rest of them and see like their powers. It's just kind of we do get Lockjaw, and I kind of like his big gross Lockjaw that he. He's draws. a little scarier. Which, yeah. which is interesting. Uh, I, I like the idea really of making good... the Inhumans maybe scarier, which Jaylee's yeah, atmosphere kind of, yeah. you know, bends towards. Love, love the joke of Crystal is in New York City and then she gets taken back to, you know, Adelan. And Johnny Storm is just like, no, we have to follow her. She's the love of my life. I love her. And the thing is just like, Johnny, you met her two hours ago. <laughs> which yeah. is, that's a fun reference back to the old days where he chased her down an alley being like, you're beautiful. Come back. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that is a definitely yeah. a good callback. I mean, I think otherwise it's just like, do cool you want to look at Jai Lee do yeah. some uh, some decent Inhumans art? Jai, yeah, Jai Lee then would probably be a, he'd be a great fit for um, like an all splash page issue. I think like find find a good fit and a good story for him. Give him an all splash page issue. I think that probably would like really succeed because he draws these big flashy pages that are great, but the panel to panel action does really suffer. I think. Yeah. Because there are a few huge splash pages here that are great. There's like a, a statue head coming down off a mountaintop, like crumbling right. down. Super cool. He draws a really dynamic single page. Um, but... Draws a dynamic statue head. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that does it. That was a mega yeah. my ultimate year. We covered yeah. 24 issues. Yeah. And uh, next time, we're going to be going into My Ultimate Year, Episode 13. We'll finish off the Extinction Trilogy and finish off Ultimates Volume 2. And then we'll talk about that Wolverine vs. Hulk series that you talked about, which I remember being kind of like a big deal. <laughs> I remember it being like kind of a major moment, even though I don't think it's moments. like the, the, the most uh, you know amazing Ultimate series right now. I remember there's a weird detail about the Hulk having a harem. <laughs> I'm not going to say much more than that. Uh, we'll I think you said it. I think you said it clearly. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, I, I mean, I guess without... Uh, Next time on My Ultimate Year, we talk harems. <laughs> Ooh, we should get into yeah, harem. We should, we should get a harem. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what you're going to say? My Marvelous Harem. Yes, indeedy. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can find our stuff, again, uh, with support us, patreon.com slash my, my marvelous year. Um, if you look for My Ultimate Year on iTunes, ratings and reviews are greatly appreciated. I'm Dave. You can find my stuff at comicbookherald.com. He's Zach. You can find his stuff at My Marvelous Year on social. Uh, yeah, look for the episodes we're going to read up next in the show notes. My Ultimate Year is released monthly, so you can look for episodes uh, very early, typically on the first of the month. They will be released to the My Ultimate Year feed. So thank you all right. for your listening. Uh, thanks thank to you By much. Divine Right for the music. Thanks to you, Zach. Just in general. You're welcome. <laughs> Just in general. <laughs> all right, cool. Thank, thank you, Dave. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, anything else? Nope. Thank you, listeners. Bye. Good sign off. I got issues. I got issues.